world is a big place. Time is limited. So no one person or even group of people can cover all the news and events you may need to know. But fortunately, no one person or group has to. Now, you've often heard me mention names like TVA, Tariq, Your World, but there's others who I think you'd benefit from giving a listen to as well. Lisa Cabrera is a good one. I'm sure a number of you already know Sister Cabrera, or you've heard me mention her, but in case you're not familiar with her, her content is more than worth listening to. She posts videos on a broad range of topics. She's concise and to the point, so Lisa Cabrera comes highly recommended. Another person who also comes Brother Tarim is one of our day one people. He's been down from the jump, solid as a rock and sharp as a blade. Always some news item that you might have missed. If you like what it is you hear on my channel, then you'll like what he posts as well, so check him out. And finally, I'd like to mention Mad Black TV. This is Chris Crazy House. It's his news and politics channel. A lot of you know the name. Mad Black TV is right in line with the kind of content that you get here and from the other more well-known names of the new voices of black media. So that's one that I would also recommend to you to start watching if you don't already. And I'd also like to give mention to Vicki Dillard as well. She's very well-known and that's for a reason. Now, those of you who know me, you know that I don't give endorsements lightly. In fact, I don't give them at all. And that's because we've had a lot of fakers, frauds, and phonies who have tried to infiltrate these spaces. I don't want my name associated with any of those types of people. So I've learned to be extremely circumspect about who it is that I decide to mention. The reason why is if I legitimize some boot-looking turncoat, they'll be able to use that to gather a following of otherwise well-meaning black people. And by the time folks realize that an agent got its hooks into them, it's too late. I have to observe people for a long time before I finally decide it's okay to mention their names. Perhaps I wait a bit too long, that's true, but I take what I do here dead seriously. When I say it matters who you get your news and views from, I mean that from the bottom of my soul. And that being the case, it matters who I point you to. If it turns out that they're not on the level, then I'm responsible for that. Hence, I gotta run your paperwork. I gotta check out everything you've done and see if you give off any telltale signs of duplicity. Now again, if you're wanting to find more black empowerment content like mine, then I recommend Lisa Cabrera, Tari and Rain, and Mad Black TV. They should be in the rotation of channels that you visit. I've posted links to their channels in the description. Now, on to the morning briefing. The Democrats are finding out that bluffing their way past reality is easier said than done. Stacey Abrams, the voter registration dynamo, to hear the white media tell it, has apparently fallen behind on her own campaign finances. Word on the street is that she owes upwards of a million dollars to her vendors. That figure of a million dollars is quite ironic. I'll explain why later on. But Abrams raised something like a hundred million dollars for her second failed gubernatorial campaign. Though as the election got closer, apparently donations began to trail off because people could see that she was falling behind in the polls. She simply didn't have the support that she needed. Gee, can't imagine why that would have been. She catered to immigrants and feminists and the alternative lifestyles crowd. I mean, weren't there enough of them to get her over the hump into the governor's mansion? I guess not. At this point, Georgia state officials are saying that they have never seen this kind of debt from a candidate before in the state's history. Yes, Stacey Abrams went all in 
She rolled the dice and came up snake eyes what happened there. White media reports state that these debts she owes to her vendors can't be forgiven because if a vendor forgives the debt, that's considered an in-kind contribution. And there is a limit for every donor each election, so you can't go over that. One thing that the white media has mentioned is that these vendor creditors to the Abrams campaign could sue. But Abrams' campaign happens to be incorporated, so she at least got that part right. More than likely, you can't go after her personally for it, though the white media will most likely report on it as if they were. By the way, a lot of campaigns wind up with debts after the election's over. Even Donald Trump allegedly had a few. But even with him, the white media hasn't been talking about maybe his creditors could sue. With Stacey Abrams, that's what they're saying. She doesn't have anywhere near the deep-pocket Wall Street white power friends that Trump has. So it's very interesting that they're floating that idea of one of those that maybe they could sue. Can Stacey Abrams get donors to pay off the debts on her behalf? Hard to say. Not too many people want to line up to pay off the debts of a candidate who lost their election. The entire reason people give money to candidates, especially the folks who give big donations to them, is so that after the candidate wins office, they can repay the donation in the form of political favors. But a candidate who loses can't repay anything. Apparently not even their own debts. Donors understand that elections are transactional. They give a politician money because they're buying policies favorable towards them. It's not charity. The DNC won't be running to her rescue, at least not immediately. But if Abrams assures them that she'll continue to toe the line and work to turn out the black vote, they may just send out the signals that some of the big donors are <coughs> Maybe. Regardless, though, none of this will prevent Stacey Abrams from being able to run for office in the future. It will be an embarrassment for her, but not a hindrance. On a side note, Abrams could reportedly try to satisfy some of her debt by liquidating her campaign's assets like the computers, vehicles, and even selling her email list of potential donors. I'm sure the people who gave her money will appreciate her giving their info to total strangers who will be hitting them up for money. You know, considering how much she owes, I cannot begin to understand why she was so scared of talking about reparations. When somebody owes over a million dollars they can't pay, they identify more with the debtors than the ones who are owed the debt. But Stacey Abrams' current troubles are only part of the story, because back in March, the Atlanta Journal and Constitution reported that Abrams' finance report findings showed strong earnings, and that debt was, quote, no longer a problem. In light of what's going on now, that's ironic and ominous. No longer a problem, which means debt was a problem before. But still, the headlines back in March said that debt was no longer a problem for her. So if her books were balanced back in the spring, how did she wind up underwater by the fall? Clearly, the woman who wanted to be the chief executive of Georgia wasn't watching her own campaign's expenses too closely. But that's not the most interesting part about all this, at least not to me. Remember earlier when I mentioned Abrams owed over a million dollars and how that was so ironic to me? Here's why. Last year, as Abrams was getting her second damn to fail campaign underway, she made headlines for using her political action committee's funds to pay people's medical debts. She gave money to people in Georgia, Arizona, Louisiana, the city, Alabama. 108,000 recipients in all. She did this out of funds. And how much money did Stacey Abrams give away in all? $1.34 million. 
which is more than what she reportedly owes today. Now, before I go any further, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with helping expenses at all. There's not. What I am saying is that Abrams clearly has presidential ambitions. Sure, the Democrats don't want her and they don't want to help her, but it's something that she wants. So when I see her gearing to run for governor of Georgia, and yet she's throwing money into blood-red Republican states, that tells me that even then, last year, she was already trying to lay the groundwork firmly for her future presidential ambitions, support that she would need to mount for a presidential campaign in those states. Abrams has no intentions of stopping at the Georgia governor's mansion. She wants to go to the White House. Well, how is she going to get there if she couldn't get support in her own home state? She figures she could talk her way past black folks' concerns, but she couldn't. And while there's absolutely nothing wrong with paying medical debts for people who need it, the truth of the matter is that money could have gone to pay off the debts to her vendors instead. I guess sometimes you just can't win especially when it comes to those Georgia gubernatorial elections. Her massive debt aside, I think we all know that this isn't going to stop Stacey Abrams from trying to win some sort of political office. She's like a bad penny. She just keeps turning up. Well, speaking of pennies, hopefully she's got a few lying around because she'll need them to pay these bills that she owes. Good day and be one. I'd like to take a moment to mention some of our contributors. Semesta Hobson, Asha Mawamba, Fresner Peralt, Josiah Starr, and Brandon Cherry. Salute to them and thank you to everyone for listening, liking, and sharing this message. Black empowerment only exists because of you. Yeah, my foot was hanging over. Ladies and gentlemen, there are several water crises that are going on across the South, along with a large number of people and businesses with busted pipes. So this is the Jackson, Mississippi on the ring plant because this was probably the biggest water crisis we have heard this year. But I'm going to show y'all how deep this really goes. Deep freeze. Great pipes create water crisis across oh, South. Man, man. So days of freezing temperatures in the deep South area. The problems were happening Monday in large troubled water systems like Jackson, Mississippi, where residents were required over Christmas because of a cascade of problems. They also are happening in Shreveport, Louisiana, 
They were worried that it would run out of water. They said they didn't have enough water for everybody. Workers at a food bank in Greenville, okay, that's South right Carolina. Thing. I can tell this Stupid ass. So they had yeah. a burst that's all over Mississippi. At the food bank. Not just Mississippi. And they had at least a million dollars of food in that facility in Greenville, South Carolina. Police are letting people uh, Police stores in New York. Atlanta, and I did a yeah. story on this, said their 911 system was flooded with emergency calls about broken pipes. Dozens of water systems either had to boil or they had low pressure so people were barely getting anything out of their faucets in several states across the South, y'all, not just mm-hmm. one location. So, and it just goes to show you when something like this occurred, these states are not prepared at all. Not at all. So the culprit was the temperatures in dropping below freezing Thursday and Friday, and have spent only hours, if any, above 32 degrees since then. And they're talking about the South, where they're not used to this. So water expands when it freezes, bursting pipes that aren't protected. Then when the temperature rises, those broken pipes start leaking hundreds or even thousands of gallons of water. Over the holiday weekend, businesses were closed, and those leaks can go undetected for days. Yeah, that's true. Some of y'all might go back to your job, and it may be a flood in there. All right. So here's some of the places. Charleston, South Carolina, they said... um, the water system spokesperson was talking about the potential of leaks when people return back to their work. Charleston was also under a boiled water requirement for hundreds of thousands of customers that um, could also close restaurants in businesses. And they said the amount of first pipes in Lexington, Kentucky was unprecedented. The system put out about 50 million gallons of water during a typical winter day. Over the holiday weekend, the output went all the way up to 100 million gallons. More than 400 customers reported those pipes. So between unreported leaks closed businesses and empty vacation homes, the system figures thousands of leaky pipes are gushing water. 
So the situation in Jackson was not as dire as August when many of the capital 150,000 people lost running water after flooding. And yeah, there was a lot of flooding going on down there. Residents had to wait in lines for water to drink, cook, bathe, and flush toilets. But there were people without water pressure and the city set up an emergency water distribution site on Christmas. Can you believe that? So the people from Jackson, some of them had to go and get water all over again. Mm -hmm. We continue to struggle to return pressure to the water system. We are producing significant amounts of water and pushing that into the system, but the pressure is not increasing. Despite those efforts at the plant, the issue has to be significant leaks. They're saying that they believe there are significant leaks in the system that have yet to be identified. And that's why so many people are not getting any water pressure down there in Jackson, Mississippi. The mayor of Selma, James Perkins Jr., issued an emergency order on Christmas Day asking owners to go to their businesses and check for leaks before the city ran out of water. Crews in the city of 18,000 were able to find and fix enough leaks to equalize the amount of water coming into and out of the system. Perkins said Monday in a statement that there was a major leak that hasn't yet been found and two more nights that are forecast to be below freezing, the mayor said. Broken pipes were also causing problems at individual buildings. Massive leaks was reported at the Alabama State House in Montgomery on Christmas Eve, according to WFSA TV. At the Harvest Hope Food Bank in Greenville, South Carolina employees opened the building Monday morning and several inches of water gushed out. Broken pipes were spraying water and workers turned away dozens of needy people, the food bank said. The water cut power to the food bank's freezers and refrigerators. Workers were faced with a double challenge of getting power restored before the uh, before the food spoiled and keeping water out of the area up to a million dollars of food could be destroyed the food bank said wow that's a lot of food the forecast did provide good news on monday highs across the deep south were expected to be at least in the 40s and the freezing temperatures at night shouldn't last as long as till um, a warm-up arrives at the end of the week. And that's how it's going to be here. And in fact, tomorrow we're going to be back in the 40s. And we're going to be rising to the 50s and 60s. So it, it's pretty much over where I am. But, you know, and other parts of the country, it's just going to be a few more days. And most of the country should be out of this entire thing. 
you know, I don't know about the Northwestern and Midwestern states. I'm not too sure if they're going to be out of it. I'm definitely going to have to look at the forecast on that. But y'all, please tell me what you think. I did not know it was so many water issues in the South after this freezing weather. And like I said, it just goes to show you one weather event and it can turn everything upside down. Please leave your comment and subscribe. Don't forget to hit on the notification bell and I'll see you on next video. Peace, family. Well, baby, now you are at the long end of 50. You are in Atlanta, the other black man.